Hello there, and welcome to Tech Career Ladder. Hi, I'm Mary Fran Johnson, and welcome to Tech Career Ladder. In this episode, I'll be talking about personal and professional branding with a special emphasis on technology professionals. Each episode in our Insider Pro podcast series will bring you practical ideas and actionable advice on advancing your technology career. I'm very pleased to have with me today a very special guest. She is the author of LinkedIn for Personal Branding, The Ultimate Guide. Sandra Long is in great demand as a speaker, consultant, entrepreneur, and a trainer. She works with corporations, universities, and people. She's the owner and founder of Post Road Consulting, a company focused exclusively on leveraging the LinkedIn professional network platform for everything from sales and job hunting to expanding your personal and professional brand to finding all sorts of career opportunities. As a big fan of LinkedIn myself, I was delighted to connect with Sandra to talk more about personal branding today with some special emphasis on our favorite people, the tech professionals. Sandra, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Mary Fran. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. Now, before we dive into the nitty-gritty about personal and professional branding, tell us a little bit about your own career path before you founded Post Road Consulting. Well, I'm actually in my second career. My first career, I worked at a, a corporation for many years, really in the sales and sales leadership. I had many different opportunities in different divisions of the company, and it was a wonderful career. And then in 2013, I started Post Road Consulting. Mm-hmm. And again, we focus 100% of our effort on LinkedIn for companies and individuals and universities. So yes. it's been it's been wonderful. A lot of what I learned and experienced in my first career has been a springboard for where I'm at now. Well, let's dive in and talk about what is a personal brand today and why does it matter? And I ask that question because a lot of tech technology leaders, technology professionals, um, IT managers that I meet and talk with, if I bring up the, you know, the subject of personal branding, they cringe a little bit at it because they think it means they're trying to market or sell themselves, or they just, it has kind of an aura about it that it's not something that, you know, super smart tech people need to do. So I wanted to just get your thoughts on why does a personal brand matter? Well, that's a fantastic question, Mary Fran. For me, I want to have a little, a little bit different take on it, and that is that instead of using it from a marketing or selling perspective, to me, having a clear personal brand, it's really attracting people to you. It's more of drawing people to you because you are who you are. And, and you know, it, to me, it's not just the idea that, oh, I represent my company and I represent my, the college I went to. Mm-hmm. When you really are developing your personal brand, you know, yes, that's part of it, but there's so many more aspects of it. So it could be maybe the unique value that you bring, the special approach that you take to your business, mm-hmm. or, you know, the special way that you work on projects. There's lots of different things, and it's sort of a combination between the personal and the professional together that makes us all very unique. We're not all the same. Right. You know, if we just define ourselves by where we went to school or where we worked then we kind of all look the same, but, (laughs) you know, right. And so by being who you are in, in, you know, it really, the idea is, you know, 
drawing people to you for who you are. Yeah. Is there a difference between a personal or a professional brand? And I ask that because I tend to think that they they merge somehow when you think about the uniqueness that is you and your reputation in the world, both with your friends and with people at work. So I often use them interchangeably and not see a big difference. But as more as a professional who's written a book about this, is there a difference between a personal or a professional brand? Well, it's interesting. A couple of things you said are very interesting. So, uh, Yes, uh, to me they're very much used interchangeably. And what I, the way I respond is, I, I typically use the words that my clients prefer. So, oh, interesting. You know, some of the mm-hmm. I've had companies hire me to come in and do professional branding days, and they like to call them professional branding days some mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas personal branding, I think, is definitely for the individual. Okay. Oftentimes, with companies, they'll say it's professional branding, but really they're very much interchangeable. But the other thing I want to point out is Mm -hmm. what you just mentioned about the word reputation, because that word was the word we all grew up with. We didn't really grow up with personal brand, but we grew up with, you know, the word reputation. And to me, that's all very interchangeable as well. Yes. It's always interesting to me how many companies are very well established on LinkedIn, which is, of course, a professional networking platform, but it's just as important for companies to have their profiles up there as people. And it's just one of the things that I've noticed as the services continue to grow. Definitely. I mean, companies today, the savvy companies know that it's not their, their brand isn't just their logo or even their company page, right. but really it's all the employees and, and sort of how they appear because they're the ones out there connecting, inviting people to connect, messaging, putting out content, all that. And so all that really is a part of their brand. And so that's really a, a change in, uh, over the last, particularly over the last three to five years, mm-hmm. that I think companies are much more cognizant of that and want to leverage that brand power. Well, and playing off of that a little bit, I wanted to ask you whether you find that companies are supportive of their employees using and being being seen and being known and having their branding on LinkedIn. Because occasionally I talk with senior IT execs or various IT professionals, and I, you know, I, I'm often telling them that they should do a little more with their LinkedIn profile because I go online to find out about them and I can't really discover much. And sometimes they tell me that they're worried that if they update it, their HR people will get all upset and think they're job hunting. Do you ever, do you run into that? Or is this? You know, I, I no, no, I didn't mean to laugh. I, I occasionally I do hear people say that. I used to hear that more. Okay. But the fact of the matter is everyone is working on their LinkedIn profile. I mean, <laughs> even, even someone, I mean, every one of us and even myself who I, you know, this is what I do for a profession. I'm always trying to rethink, reposition, improve my profile. It's just, it's what mm-hmm. everyone's doing. And so I don't think the HR, generally speaking, the average HR person is not going to really pay much attention to, to that, in my opinion. Okay. You know, I think it's, it's more that you, you want, if you're an employee at a company, no matter what your role, whether it's technical or HR or sales or senior leader, you know, mm-hmm. we're all engaging with people in our professional life. We're yes. going to conferences or we're talking to people on the phone or we're, we're, you know, we're in meetings and all those things are causing people to look at the profile and the profile now it's a representation of you as a person, but also the company where you work. Yes. So it, to me, it's in the, it's in the company's best interest to promote the best use 
mm-hmm. of LinkedIn for their employees. And, and typically the average employee needs help with it because they, you want them to bring out their, their personal brand, not overly personal, right. but you want to have a mix of the personal and the company brand that's reflected on their profile. Mm-hmm. Well, and a great deal of the work that you do with companies and corporations is in-house training for people on using LinkedIn. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that right there. And it starts with a profile. I mean, mm-hmm. Right. Now we get into obviously, you know, selling, you know, selling strategies and recruiting strategies, but no matter what we're doing, we always start, it always starts with a profile. Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk a little more. Speci- yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little more specifically about your three top tips for building and extending or cre- even creating if you haven't paid much attention to it up until now. And some of the things we're saying has convinced you to go take a look at your LinkedIn profile. How do you, what are your, your top tips for creating and keeping a personal brand thriving? Hmm, great. That's a great question. Well, the first thing I would say is to remember that your personal brand is an ongoing effort. It's not like you just do it, you bake it, and it's, it's cooked and it's all done. It's, it's, it's really ongoing. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you want to always be paying attention because as you change, your industry maybe has changes, you know, your focus and your work changes, you want to keep that, you know, fresh. Yes. I'd say the second thing would be really being think, thinking through who you're trying to appeal to. Now, if mm-hmm. you're in a sales role, then you're trying to appeal to buyers and prospects. You know, if you're in a technology role, depending on, uh, you know, you could be appealing to colleagues or to other professionals that you're going to be partnering with. Mm-hmm. You have to really think about who is it that you really are trying. If you're a speaker, maybe you're a technology speaker, then the audiences are going to be looking at you, the people that are hiring you to speak or inviting you to speak at the conference. You yes. really want to think that through. Because then we, you, you can address your whole profile toward that, that desired person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, the next thing I would say is that it is a combination of your personal and business. So you represent yourself mm-hmm. and your company. So, you know, there are aspects, particularly like in the essay part, where you can bring out your, you know, your approach to your work, your your philosophy, your values, it can really, it can come out in a pro- very professional way and tie that into the work that you do. Yeah. Whereas sometimes you see people that just sort of use it as like um, a past experience. It's, to me, that's a waste where they're just saying, well, I worked here for 10 years and before there I worked there for 10 yeah, years and I like went to they, university. They pull a, a section yeah. of their resume out and they just plunk it in there. And the section that we're talking about, and I've been I've been banging this drum a lot lately, especially since I read up uh, reading your book uh, on this, of course, there was a lot of attention paid to it. It used to be called the summary section or executive summary. Now it's just called about, I think. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. exactly. And, and I think the word summary was bad because it made people think, well, this is just like a historical summary, which is not what you, you know, to me, that's not a, the best use of the that's space. Right. And the, to me, the essay, I call it the essay. Mm-hmm. I'd rather they call it the introduction because this is how you introduce yourself. Well, and I've been recommending to people have I, as I've, you know, been kind of evangelizing for people filling out their about or their summary section. It's especially wonderful for um, for IT professionals that are uh, maybe moving careers and changing from one area of, say, they've been uh, doing a great deal of digital transformation work and they want to make sure that people know what they've been working on. That's not always obvious from your job title. 
And what I like about the about section, well, a couple of things. One is you have 450 words, which I think people think when they think summary, they think, oh, it has to be a paragraph. You actually have several paragraphs where you can basically tell a little bit of your professional life story in there. And it's, of course, then people find it very daunting to try and write about themselves. <laughs> so I think we run into that issue as well. Well, they do. And that's why I wrote I, in my book, I have a lot of examples because it's, it's a sticking point for people. They get, mm -hmm. they, they really sort of freeze up. Yes. So I have a lot of real examples and prompts, but I mm -hmm. would say that about section used to be 2000 characters, but now they've in increased it to 2,600 characters. Yes. Yeah. That's how I know it's 450 words because I checked that. I ran it through a, a yeah, word no, processor and looked in word. 2,900 characters is 450 words. I mean, that's a full-blown, that's yeah. like a ma magazine editorial. You've got a full page there. But, you know, you made a good point about the job seekers. It's such a valuable area of opportunity. And, yes. you know, to be able to frame kind of the latest projects or the, the emphasis that you're taking, the way you're, where, where your career is headed, you know, is re it's really an amazing opportunity for people that hopefully that no nobody mm -hmm. will miss. Well, and taking that from the other direction, a lot of times when I'm when I'm talking up LinkedIn and I'm getting a lot of eye rolling from some of my CIO friends or some other IT professionals, and they say, well, I'm not looking for a job right now, so why should I bother with that? So let's answer that question. If you're not looking for a job, why should you spend your time grooming your brand and being active on LinkedIn? Well, okay, that's, mm -hmm. that's good. We, we touched about um, this a little bit, but let me just say this. If you want to, let's say you don't want to be, you know, looking, you're not looking for a new job and you're right. not, and you're not a salesperson. Let's say you're not even a salesperson, mm -hmm. but um, if you want to have new business opportunities, new professional opportunities, whatever they may be. So the, if you want to open up the doors for those kind of opportunities, then LinkedIn's the best place to do it. So again, imagine you're going to a conference or yes. you're going to, a, you know, a working with partners whatever those types of professional opportunities, maybe you want to be speaking or maybe you want to be writing, you want to collaborate on a book, whatever it might be. If mm -hmm. you're a thought leader, you're an expert, you want to be known for your expertise, then mm -hmm. LinkedIn is the best place to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I enjoyed too, I was listening to your, you have an 11 minute TEDx talk, uh, which people can find directly on your Sandra Long profile right there on LinkedIn. And in that, in those 11 minutes, you were emphasizing the importance of being proactive in building a community about uh, how you keep multiplying all those first level connections. Let's talk a little bit about why that activity, the the visibility, the fact that you maybe you check in on LinkedIn, maybe you're like me and you look at it a few times a day, but maybe you're like most people and it's every week or two. What are some of the ways you can be proactive in building your community without making this too much of a burden on your day-to-day? Because -day? everybody's got a lot going on in their jobs. Well, I guess in terms of prioritizing this, if you believe like I do, and I think you do, that mm. your brand and your network are the two biggest assets we all have when it comes to our business and our, or our career. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, first of all, to, to put a little more, I mean, I would recommend being on there every day. Of course, I'm going to say that. But I do believe that. I mean, I, I do believe it because people could be messaging you. People mm -hmm. could be, you know, messaging you about a speaking opportunity or, you know, other professional opportunities. So I wouldn't want to miss that. Yeah. But Back to your original question about being proactive, 
I have to say it kind of shocked me that there's so many people that I meet that have not put the effort into connecting with their clients or their coworkers. Mm. And I see it everywhere I go because I work with so many companies and and even like salespeople, I see it, sales teams where they haven't taken the time. They, they haven't taken the time to really connect with their actual clients and their prospects. And Mm -hmm. it's, it sounds so simple and maybe you think, well, why, why is that so important? But those connections lead to all kinds of professional opportunities Mm -hmm. and not even just, yes, you might be producing content fine, but even like getting introduced, getting referred, all of that is not visible to you if you're not connected to the people that you that you know that, that already like you and trust you. Yes. Well, you had a very entertaining uh, example of that in your uh, TEDx talk, which was the contrast of the, the two gentlemen that were on there. And the one of them had a LinkedIn network that he didn't want to use and he didn't trust and he didn't follow up on any of the invitations to connect. And I think he'd been out of work for two years. And then the other gentleman was just much more active on there and was adding and building people all the time and had gone on to a couple of jobs just in the time that you knew him. Yeah. I mean, that it's so true. Like that's the kind of thing you meet so many different users. I would say both of them were surprising. You know, the, the, the first, the first one, Michael just, he, he actually blew my mind when he said that to me because we had, (laughs) you know, had this great profile and he was definitely a job seeker. And I said, okay, let's get some converse, you know, career conversations going. And he said, no. He said, I, I, I don't know any of these people. And so he, he had not invested in what I'm talking about. He had mm-hmm. never – he had just been one of those people that accepted everyone oh, without – I can see how that would be a problem because I remember his comment on there was he didn't trust anybody on LinkedIn. Uh, and, yeah. you know, that just – and of course, some people are, are maybe are going to feel that way anyway. And what can you do about it? But it seems it does seem a little crazy if you're first level connected to somebody and you're like, oh, I don't want to connect. I don't want to discuss anything with that person. I don't trust them. <laughs> it just it was in, it was I know, interesting. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know how much of that is out there. Um, what are what are some of the what are people not doing on LinkedIn that you recommend they start doing? I think sometimes it's easier to go fix something that maybe is not quite working well for you. Well, there's, you know, there's, there's a laundry list of things, you know, that people can do better mm-hmm. on their profile, obviously, as well as with their networking. I, you know, on the profile, you know, having a great photo is really important. And we talked a lot about the essay. To me, you know, the wording that you use across your entire profile is important, you know, whether using first writing in the first person to me is very important and, and friendlier. I like and that makes too. More approachable. I think, I think it's very right? engaging. In, in your keywords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all that. And I think one of the most exciting things now is the, you know, the, I, the content and thought leadership. And what I would say, which is really easy and like an easy, quick win for people is many people are, you know, they see all this content, but they don't necessarily, they're not really ready to create it. And you don't have to be a creator of content to be visible and to be seen as a thought leader because you can engage with content. And if you, so if you see uh, articles or you can find articles mm-hmm. or posts or people that are writing about really interesting things in your industry, then you can make a very insightful comment and do this on a regular basis. You will 
be surprised mm-hmm. how much attention you get and how many people are going to be coming to you for your expertise. And you never even created it. You just were responding. That's a great point yeah. to make, too, because a lot of people see articles up there or they see someone has actually written a post. That's more rare. I think what people are doing is they're sharing articles they found interesting and they're taking like five seconds to put a couple of words at the top of it. Like, wow, I found this. Uh, this was really interesting. I'm going to share it with my team. That sort of thing. It's just the the people that I notice that get, especially in in our profession and among technology professionals, they get really warmed up around different topics around leadership and business strategy and and digital innovation. And they will be sharing articles that, you know, and it's so easy these days when you see an article on CIO.com or any of your favorite magazine websites, there's always a little LinkedIn, a little tiny icon up in one corner. And sure, you can you can tweet about it, of course. Uh, you can use Twitter in somewhat of the same ways, but I, I'm much more comfortable on LinkedIn because there's so much more information. And of course, the industry and the background I come out of in journalism and magazine and events, I really like a lot of information flowing around. And it, it constantly amazes me, the, the CIOs and the IT leaders that I see on there just forwarding something and putting a little note on it. And that actually plays into one of the comments you made in your TEDx talk that it's really, it's not about you and your profile and your awards. The, what you're doing on LinkedIn is not just your, it's not your brag book for grownups, that it's actually more about the connections and the community. And I think that that may be the part that people are overlooking. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I, I think it's a soup, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity for all that. So even like when in talking about the content, yes, I agree. Sharing articles is fine. But even better than that is getting into conversa- actual conversations. Oh, okay. Because then, you know, yeah, so, so making comments, you know, finding uh, original content that people are engaged in an active conversation. And you can use hashtags to find some of these conversations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can, but yes, you can definitely share articles. But it's all about the community comes from the more interaction, the better. Yes. So if you are going to share articles, you want to put not just here's a great article, but add really some kind of commentary, mm-hmm. you know, on that piece. But in general, you know, what you're saying is true. The, the whole idea of building a community, to me, it's about, again, not just bragging about yourself. To me, that, that's a turnoff. And I tell people, you know, we, you know, when you're writing your profile, don't make it sound like th- that you're just boastful because that's to me that's a very much of a turnoff but instead using LinkedIn to be that friend I always say be the friend first so that means you're supporting people you're introducing them you're connecting you're sending them messages maybe you're sending that article directly to that person that you had coffee with last week because you had that conversation Mm -hmm. with a note so it's it's all of those kind of things uh, obviously recommendations those are things that can build a relationship and it's just in building a community. And I like the notion, too, of kind of paying it forward. Like you happen to know that to, I do this uh, frequently because I'll be talking with uh, one CIO who's talking about a project that they're working on. And, and boy, they wish they had somebody else to talk to about it. And I'll know of someone else in my network that is working on the same kind of thing. And it's so easy. I'll just go into LinkedIn and I introduce them and I hope this is mutually beneficial. And it just that's how you become essentially, you know, a hub and a connector, you know, someone who 
really wants and, and enjoys the, um, the whole process of connecting people with each other. That's what, you know, that's what I get so much out of a social platform like LinkedIn. And I know probably a lot of our listeners are just as active on other platforms. They may be very active on Twitter. They may be doing a whole lot with people at work through their Slack channel and that sort of thing. And it, it almost doesn't matter if it's LinkedIn or other places that you're finding this outlet and able to do this. But what always seems to draw me back to LinkedIn is the enormous variety of it. And I run into people that, you know, I haven't found and connected with in many years. And it's just, and it's fun, I think. But I like the whole online resume aspect of it, too, where at a glance, you can kind of see what people been up to and what they've been doing. And that gives you more to talk about with them when you're doing those when you're, when you're getting out into the real world with connections on phone calls and meetings and cups of coffee and so forth. You, you know, when you see their profile, I mean, maybe you haven't seen them in five or 10 years. It really gets oh, yeah. you up to speed quickly and maybe, and also mm-hmm. gives you the opportunity to refer them because you now you're refreshed on who, you know, what they're all about. Yes. And it's so much easier to refer someone who has a, a profile you know, that's, that's really nicely done. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your advice if someone wants to find and evaluate a consulting service like yours. I know your business is built all around LinkedIn, but what is your, uh, beyond that, what is your advice if you're a professional listening to this, maybe an HR manager, maybe someone who would like to either learn more about LinkedIn through a company like yours or just find the kind of services that you're offering, how do you advise they go about it? Well, that's that's a great question. I would say... First of all, you know, you want to, I guess there's two main things. Because it's all online now, you can look what someone's all about. You can read the profile. You can read their company page. You can look at their content to see, does this resonate with me? Do I feel comfortable with this person? Because you can learn so much about a person from doing that. And the second thing is to really have an alignment with the philosophies and values. To give you an example, on LinkedIn mm-hmm. now, there's people that are teaching things that I definitely would never teach. You know, they're, they're being very um, pushy and connecting with people and then immediately trying to sell. All those kind of activities are happening. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to work with someone in this space, understand what their values are and their philosophy because you want to be aligned with the thinking of how you want to operate, that you're comfortable with that, with that mm-hmm. firm. Well, and I think, too, and LinkedIn makes it very easy to essentially unlink them. If you mistakenly mm-hmm. link to someone and then they turn right around and they don't know you and they want to sell you something, you can simply turn the link off um, or you can send them an automated reply that says, thanks, I'm not interested. And then you can turn them off. So it's just. That- right. But I guess I'm saying the, the yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's important for people to know that. I guess I'm saying that understanding to me, LinkedIn, there's a lot of etiquette about LinkedIn. Ah, so okay. that's important to me, the etiquette and how you operate and how you you know, help others and how you come across as a thought leader. Mm-hmm. And so when to answer that other question, like I, for me, if I'm looking for that kind of service, I'd really want to have somebody who aligned with the thinking on etiquette. Oh, That's see. my okay. personal opinion. Okay. And to be a thought leader and to be using the best etiquette, what are a few, any additional tips you have on that kind of a do's and don'ts list? Well, okay. So for me, the way I like to approach it, cause I think you're specifically asking about content. Yes. I, like to approach it that I'm coming across as a helpful expert. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to, I don't want to come across as boastful as we talked about. Right. And I don't like, for example, sometimes people will, you know, all their posts will be about themselves mm-hmm. that I, I don't, you know, occasionally I might post about myself or I, t- I try to bring a personal story with like a little personal thread 
because people are interested in a personal thread, but I want to be the helpful expert and I also want to lift others up. So one of the things from a content perspective is I always look for content from my connections to see what they're doing so I can support them. Yes. So I can like it, I can comment, I can share. I want to do, I want to do all that for my network. It, it helps me, my visibility, but it helps them. So that's kind of what I look for. That's right. Well, good, good. You reached out and you grasped the, grasped the moment. So that's terrific. Well, thank you very much for spending the time with us today. And if you are just tuning in now, this has been Sandra Long, who is the author of a wonderful book on LinkedIn for personal branding, LinkedIn for personal branding, the ultimate guide. And I highly recommend the book. And it has been a pleasure connecting with you, Sandra. Interested in polishing up your personal brand on LinkedIn? Stay tuned. This is Mary Fran Johnson, and you're listening to Tech Career Ladder. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.